weekend, everyone. This is the Lazy Bums Podcast, episode 29, and we're the Lazy Bums. I'm Caleb Kalenda. And I'm Abina Chalice. We're going to get into some headlines. Um, starting off, the biggest news made probably all weekend across all sports. We saw NBA players really take the charge, and initially it was the Lakers and, no, uh, the Bucks and the Magic were the first ones to officially call, uh, I guess they chose to sit out, but now they have completely gone to boycotting um, the next few games in the NBA season, and we've seen it translate over to many other sports now. Yeah, right. Baseball has uh, sat out some games. We saw that today, and uh, yeah, yesterday and today, no basketball was played. Uh, Obviously, the MLB is still in the regular season, and the the NBA is currently enveloped in the playoffs, so it kind of meant a little more to see these guys sit out of vital playoff games. Right. This is the most important time for these basketball players. They're trying to win championships, really cement their legacy as players, and to take time off like this to address social issues is very, very important and very impactful in my opinion, and I think they are doing a really good job. So six teams actually opted not to play on Wednesday. It was the Bucks and the Magic, uh, the Rockets and the Thunder, and the Blazers and the Lakers. Yes. Um, and we also saw um, Doc Rivers come out and give a really, really powerful speech that you know, got spread all around social media. And basically, um, I have the quote here. He was saying, um, we're the ones getting denied to live in certain communities. We've been hung. We've been shot. All you do is keep hearing about fear. Um, you know, just really reiterating what a lot of NBA players and a lot of people have been saying for the last few months. Um, and it's just, it, it's just continued. Um, you know, this, these issues that black people have been having with sus- systemic racism just continue to show even though people are continu- are being vocal about it now and you know we still have so much to go obviously and that's what this really shows i think yeah it's a, and a huge deal for the nba obviously there everyone in, in the organization is taking it seriously um you know not only do we see these players sit out but uh, a lot of them have been vocal about completely boycotting the playoffs um we even saw, you know, uh, most of the NBA Tonight crew on TNT. Kenny, Kenny Smith was emotional and walked off set. Um, so, yeah, it is a huge deal. And following the uh, players sitting out on Wednesday night, uh, the sentiment that the three games scheduled for Thursday wouldn't be played kind of grew with uh, the teams that were scheduled to play uh, on Thursday. And there was a meeting. Uh, after that to vote to whether or not to continue the playoffs and uh, I think it was more of an like an impromptu thing uh, just kind of gauging where everyone was at and the Lakers and the Clippers actually ended up voting in favor of canceling the season yeah so it turned out that the Lakers and the Clippers were mainly the only ones who voted to opt out of the or to boycott the NBA season and a lot of the other teams wanted to continue and um, rumor has it that this really angered LeBron James and he walked out of the meeting. Um, LeBron has really been demanding more action from owners and other players as well but also from Adam Silver 
And that's kind of something that I wanted to talk to you about. What do you think is um, Adam Silver's role in all this? I mean, we have seen him put some things in place in the bubble, um, you know, like putting things on the back of jerseys and writing Black Lives Matter on the courts or whatever. But where do you think, what do you think Adam Silver really needs to do to get the message out that he does care about his players? Because this is a majority black league. Well, I think it's obvious that Adam Silver supports uh, the players, the coaches. Um, and I think that, you know, he, as commissioner, he has to support everyone, uh, which includes the owners. And the owners are kind of the the problem. I don't want to say that it's like a problem, but it's a problem. Uh, a lot of these owners are really invested in just making money, and there's no better money-making opportunity than the playoffs. Um and so, I mean, I, I think that there's a little bit of a divide between players and owners. Uh, it's said that Michael Jordan was the voice of reason or the, you know, the kind of players representative in the owners. And, you know, I think that there there will be uh, some sort of decision and uh, some sort of resolution that everyone can agree on and come to. But you know, it's a heated subject. And so it's going to take some heated debate. Definitely. Um, I think that it does ultimately, like the owners really do need to step up. Like it, I think that's one of the most important things is that we need to see owners back their players and say, you know, we support these guys and we'll do everything we can to address their concerns. Because at the end of the day, these men are literally fighting for their lives. Um, it's something that is way bigger than sports and a lot of people don't understand it and that's okay but I think owners really need to try to empathize with their players and stand in solidarity with them yeah well the Bucks uh organization they released a statement that said we fully support our players in the decision they made uh and they uh the the owner uh, along with a lot of his cohorts signed it and they said, uh, although we did not know beforehand, we would have wholeheartedly agreed with them. The only way to bring about change is to shine a light on the racial injustices that are happening in front of us. Our players have done that, and we will continue to stand alongside them and demand accountability and change, um, which is a really great sentiment. Um, it kind of makes me think that the narrative that players are working against their organization uh, is going to eventually become more just a narrative and I think that with this kind of like the players uh, putting these things into light I think it's going to change a lot of people's viewpoints uh, and it's going to demand just some accountability from the organizations and the owners absolutely I mean if you look at the news cycle this was basically all that was talked about for the last uh, couple days is the numerous amounts of boycotts that have happened in men and women's sports um, all different kinds of sports, not just basketball. And it, I think that it's really um, gaining some momentum. And I hope to s- see this momentum continue because that, again, is one of the reoccurring things that we see is that a lot of people get really behind something and then it kind of fizzles out in a couple weeks. Supposedly, there is going to be another meeting scheduled uh, and there's going to be more uh, dialogue that goes on with this and I think that this isn't the last time we're going to see uh, some form of some form of protest uh, from the players and uh, 
it's a huge deal. Uh, it's a huge deal to the players. It's a huge deal to the fans. And I think it's, it's really helping and really uh, promoting this, this cause. Yeah, so we're going to keep our ears to the ground and just try to keep up with this as much as possible because I do agree with you. This isn't going to be the last time we're hearing about this. And, you know, just continue to support our NBA players because they've, they've done a fantastic job. Some other uh, kind of groundbreaking, earth-shattering news that uh, kind of went by the wayside is that uh, someone who is the greatest uh, athlete in his sport, arguably, um, Lionel Messi, uh, who's played for FC Barcelona for his entire career, um, he's won many, many championships for them. Yeah, he's basically Uh, become synonymous with that uh, club. Right. Uh, But... After a long career, he's finally decided that he wants to leave the club, um, and he is apparently keen on a move to Manchester City. Yeah, I mean, I I just can't imagine the Prem with Lionel Messi in there. I mean, especially playing for Man City. Uh, just it's gonna be like seeing Tom Brady in that Buccaneers jersey for the first time I think it's just gonna be weird you know no one's gonna really be a big fan of it except for Man City fans if he does end up going there but um, you know just exciting to see Uh, I I like I kind of like when these generational players shake the waters of their leagues of their respective leagues every so often Um, it just really brings more excitement to whatever sport it is and in this case you know Messi going to the Prem is gonna bring a lot more excitement to the English Premier League as if it doesn't already have it but you know Messi is the king um obviously it's gonna be pretty weird to see him in any uniform besides uh, a Barcelona uniform but uh it'll be nice to see him in the Prem and something that I'm really excited about is that he's going to be partnering up with Pep Guardiola again uh Obviously, Pep Guardiola coached Barcelona for four years and brought them Champions League victory. Um, And, I mean, Messi was in the prime of his career when he was playing with Pep Guardiola. And so maybe we can see a little bit of that fire reignited going to play with him again in the Premier League. Yeah, definitely that relationship and, you know, the, the notable club that Manchester City is probably helped him make that decision. And it's, I just, I really wonder, like, I just want to see it, you know, like, I can't imagine seeing Messi in anything other than an Argentina jersey. And it's just, I, I yeah. can't even imagine it. Well, nothing set in stone yet. Uh, obviously, there hasn't been uh, a transfer offer and he's still under clause, I think. He uh, can't d- demand his release officially from Barcelona and Barcelona's manager has stated that he's optimistic that he can repair this relationship and Messi will continue to play for Barcelona. Uh, And obviously, I mean, when Ronaldo did this a few years ago, he was tied to a few Premier League clubs. He was tied to Liverpool. He was tied to Man City. um, And and he ended up not happening. He ended up going to the Serie A. He went to Juventus. And, you know, we could see something similar with Messi, although uh, we have learned that his father, who's also his agent, uh, has gone to Europe uh, his, uh, gone to the uh, UK to uh, seemingly finalize the deal and so we could see Messi making a move to Manchester City yeah it's uh he's gonna be uh in a new pond so to say but he's definitely gonna tear up the competition in the Premier League 
Absolutely. I think him with a squad like Man City, obviously they have a lot of young players. He'd be playing with Sergio Aguero, who he's played with uh, for Argentina for many years now, and there's a lot of chemistry there. I think it would be an amazing move for Man City. It'd be an amazing move for the Prem. They would get so much more engagement. Uh, I think it would really shake it up, and it would be so amazing just to see Messi in the Premier League. Yeah, I know. He's going to be playing like at Old Trafford and against Chelsea. and all. Like, it, It's just going to be really awesome to see these historic English clubs face off against Messi. Like, that, that's awesome. Um, so some experts are speculating that this move could see Messi uh, moving to Etihad to play there for three seasons uh, before making a move to their affiliate club in the MLS, which is New York City FC. Uh, so what do you think about that Messi possibly I mean towards the end of his career obviously but possibly making a move to the MLS I think that would be huge for you know U.S. soccer as a whole Um, we've seen especially with the men's national team I think it's really evident that there is a lot of excitement about soccer but there's not you know it's not necessarily being it's not panning out um, on the national stage so to say but I think a, a, a guy like Messi is really going to get the ball rolling in terms of soccer. You know, people, more people are going to tune in, more people are going to sign their kids up for academy, stuff like that. And I think that we'll just see the sport grow in America as we've wanted it to for a long time. Well, I mean, the most exciting thing we've seen in American soccer as a whole, I mean, you know, Ibrahimovic moving to the MLS is up there, but he was very old. Uh, and, I mean, we went to the World Cup, and then we didn't, and it's just, you know, the, the U.S. national team is really, you know, we I just think we haven't seen any true, real talent in American soccer since Pele played for the New York Cosmos. <laughs> oh, and my so, gosh. Like, I, I, I think that, you know, you could really draw some parallels to that, especially since they'd both be playing in New York. Um, Messi coming to the to the MLS I mean that would be huge the MLS would would be suddenly the thing to watch I mean if the best soccer player of all time arguably moves to American sports like that's huge yeah and you know it's kind of interesting we've seen these legends kind of towards the back tails of career of their careers move to the MLS like Ibrahimovic like Gerard like Bex so you know Messi might be just another one of those guys who pushes the envelope forward for soccer in america well i i mean i hope we see that deal finalized i hope he does end up coming to the mls i hope we uh, get to go see him play man that would be awesome huh that would be amazing to see him that would be amazing (laughs) although he'd be like what late 30s early 40s yeah he'd be pretty old but i have no doubts that he'd still be a magician on the field i mean it's leo messi that we're talking about Especially in the MLS. I mean, he'd tear it up. Yeah, he's playing that, against bombs. That would be no challenge. <laughs> no challenge for Leo Messi. Um, we're just going to take a short break now and talk about our sponsor. Okay, so now let's uh, get into the meat here. Uh, the games that were played uh, over the week in the NBA playoffs. Um, we had some pretty exciting games. I mean, really, like, some shakeups in the playoffs. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of series start to tighten up. Either that or end <laughs> in right. in terms of the Boston Celtics, um, who just, you know, are, are cruising right now. Uh, they're about to play Toronto in the next round. 
um, which is going to be really interesting. The Boston Celtics, the Toronto Raptors, and the Miami Heat managed to all pull off sweeps in their respective series against the Sixers for the Celtics, uh, Nets for the Raptors, and the Pacers for the Heat. And I really didn't think that 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 series was going to be a sweep. I didn't think so either, man. I thought that the Pacers would show a little bit more fight, and I really thought that TJ Warren would, like, not fall off the face of the earth. But good God, like, from the regular season to the playoffs, he just turned, he was like a different dude. Like, they replaced TJ Warren. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I think we all really called the other series being a sweeps. Uh, The Raptors were obviously going to sweep the Nets and the Celtics. I mean, not so obviously, but obvious to us, we're going to sweep the Sixers. Um, But yeah, wanted to see more from TJ Warren. Really wanted to see more. Yeah, the Pacers in general just really did not play well. But the Heat, um, on the flip side, did play really well. And I think that their next round matchup against the Bucks is going to be really good. Um, I think that a lot of people are not giving the Heat much of a chance. But I think that they're a really gritty team. And they have a guy in Jimmy Butler who, like, if I was literally any, like, any owner in the NBA, I would not want my team to play Jimmy Butler in the playoffs because I feel like that is terrifying. I mean, he's so gritty and like his playoff defense is incredible and he just like wants it. You know what I mean? Like I've never seen a player just work so hard on the court when he's on and like I just I wouldn't hate to run into them right now. I think it was really a bad move for the Sixers to let him go. I think if he really stayed with Philadelphia, I think the process could have really worked out there. Um, But, you know, I think a lot of things have come out over this last week about that situation of him in Philadelphia. I don't really want to talk about it because I don't know much about it, and it seems to be hotly debated. But uh, he seems to be really clicking in Miami. He Like, he's really playing – his best basketball i've never seen him play like this like he's really showing out yeah and what was evident was in the for the sixers at least was that they really needed another wing presence um you know josh richardson has not really been the dude and neither is tobias harris um and what they could have used was a guy like jimmy butler but of course he's not there anymore and the heat are reaping all the fruits of that yeah definitely uh the the heat really i think the key thing for them is consistency. Like every game they came out and played uh, with the exact same intensity and they really just executed their game, their game plan to absolute perfection. And I think that last year that was the Raptors MO. Like the Raptors were really about their game plan uh, and they executed it to a championship level. And I think that's what really was the driving force for them to upset the Bucks last year. And I think we might even see the same thing with the Heat this year. Yeah, well, when you have um, two leaders, in, for the Raptors, it was Kawhi Leonard. And for the Heat now, it's Jimmy Butler, two guys who really set the tones for their team. You know, they're really, like, very serious, very locked in at all times. And it just, it really helps get the rest of the team going and also locked in. And I think that we're seeing the same kind of effect happen with the Raptors and Kawhi Leonard and the Heat and Jimmy Butler. Um, They're really making their teammates play better, and they're getting hot as the playoffs are rolling. 
Um, so on the Western Conference side, we saw a few teams really fight their way back into their series. Uh, we saw the, the Utah Jazz really make a push to come back, uh, as well as the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Dallas Mavericks uh, pushing their series to uh, just a game away. Yeah, let's get started with the Jazz and the Nuggets, first of all. Um, the series currently sits at 3-2. The Jazz are winning, um, but the Nuggets have been clawing back um, recently. They, they won the last game, and Jamal Murray has been uh, a real big impact player for the Nuggets. And on the other side, Donovan Mitchell has been a really big impact player for the Jazz. Uh, he dropped 51 <laughs> in Game 4, which is pretty, pretty incredible. Right, um, after dropping 57 uh, in Game 2, or Game 3, I don't remember which one. But uh, yeah, Game 5, I don't know if you watched Game 5, but the Jazz were up for the majority of that game. You know, it really looked like they were going to close out the series, uh, which would which would have been huge. I mean, that would have been a massive uh, upset, especially just to win four straight in a row. But the, the Nuggets came back, and they made the series 3-2, and it's really, it's a contest. I think this is definitely the most competitive series that's still going on right now uh and it's really getting interesting yeah i think this one is kind of like just this series took me by surprise um i i really thought that we you know like can you think of how many years people have been talking about the nuggets and they've been like oh they're a really good young team give them next year like wait till next year wait till next year and it's like we've been waiting so long i really thought like Jokic and murray like they, they don't have a bad lineup They they just don't have a ton of depth but i thought yeah. that they would be able to make it out of the first round against utah but utah's been playing really good on defense um and mitchell on offense has basically been unguardable so i mean tough tough look for the nuggets i i don't know like, what do you do at this point? I mean, Jokic and Murray are beginning to enter their primes, and it's if they can't get out of the first round, like, I don't know if those are two guys you want. Like, maybe Jokic, but maybe you get rid of Murray. I mean, I don't know what you do if you're the Nuggets right now. Well, uh, you know, they, they do have a lot of really young talent, and if they could see, you know, their talent develop, obviously you have... Uh, Murray and Jokic and you also have Michael Porter Jr. who's obviously incredibly young and uh, you know if they can really develop that talent keep that talent and develop that talent you know maybe get rid of Murray uh, and get some more pieces and maybe some picks but I really think the Nuggets are they really do have a talented team and they're still very very young and you know it is the bubble playoffs so that you know could put an asterisk on the on the series a little bit but I think they have a really uh, good future. Yeah, I, I. it's not to say that, you know, these guys can't do it. M Murray and Jokic are two really great players, and Murray especially has had himself a really good series. You know, he's averaging 30 points a game, and he's shooting, he's shooting a scorching 52% from three right now. Like good lord, he is on fire, and like, he's made really big shots, um, for the Nuggets late in games, especially this last game. And Jokic has also been getting super big rebounds, and he, he's been pretty good too. But the thing is, they can't seem to mask Michael Porter Jr. on defense very well. Um, I don't know if it's because of his injury or if he just is not a good defensive player, but he doesn't shift his feet very well. 
And so, you know, they put him on there to give him that extra offense. He is the third leading scorer on the team in the series. But with him being on offense, he on the other side of the ball, he can't play any defense. So the Jazz have really been exploiting that matchup. And I think they're going to keep doing that. And I, I really, I picked the Nuggets to win the series initially, but I think the Jazz are going to pull it out. Yeah, me too, man. I don't think there's anything that's going to stop Donovan Mitchell uh, in his quest to really put a show in and uh, possibly take his team to the next round of the playoffs. Uh, But uh, on the other side of things, uh, a series that had its Game 5 canceled, obviously, because the players sat out. Um, The Houston Rockets and the Oklahoma City Thunder are currently tied at 2-2 after the Rockets took a 2-0 lead and the Thunder clawed their way back to make it 2-2. Yeah, just really, really inspiring performances from Chris Paul over the last couple days. And if you notice, um, with the Oklahoma City Thunder, they've had four guys really help contribute to um, their scoring. And, you know, just looking at the Nuggets, like the, the Jokic and Murray are substantially ahead of all of their other teammates in terms of scoring. It's Their output is really coming from those two guys. But if we look at the Thunder, they're much you know, more well-rounded scoring team. They have different guys contributing, like guys like Dennis Schroeder and Danilo Gallinari are giving them big minutes. And it's, we've seen it in the last two games. They've just, everything's really clicked for them and they're starting to pick up some wins and make this a series. They're a very talented defensive team too. Uh, Chris Paul has been really showing out on defense and their rookie out of Arizona State, Lugans Dort, he has really been a showstopper so far. Uh, and I mean, he played well when Houston was winning, but now that the Thunder are putting games together, like their young guys are really showing to are starting to show out. Not just the showstopper, but a hardened stopper. Uh, I, I saw the stat that it I think against Dort, he's shot his lowest uh, true shooting percentage out of anyone in the last like six years or something like that. Something ridiculous. He's shooting like thirty nine percent against Dort. So, you know, it's crazy to see from a rookie. Yeah, right. Like you think of all of the great players in playoff series, especially that have guarded James Harden. You got guys like Klay Thompson, you know, these really good guards out of the West. But Dort is really the one who's locked him up and had the most success guarding Harden in the playoffs. Yeah, crazy stuff from Dort. And uh, it should be a really fun series to watch for the upcoming three games. Um Especially since I, we saw some trash talk coming from uh, Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Something that, I mean, I you know, I didn't expect to see him uh, stoke the flames of that situation, but he certainly did. Thunder fans are pretty upset at what he was saying to Steven Adams. Steven Adams, I think, is like one of the nicest guys. Yeah, how like, could you ever do anything bad to Steven? What's the point? Like, what's the point of talking smack to Steven Adams? Like... I don't understand it. And they, they had such a good relationship when, you know, Russ was with the Thunder. And I that was so weird to see. I truly did not expect that. Yeah, Russ is uh, kind of an interesting guy. Pretty pretty fiery when he wants to be. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty fiery when he's sitting on the bench. But, you know, once he's out there on the court, it's inconsistency from him. It's bricks and turnovers, baby. <laughs> Can't wait to have you back, Russ. Yeah. Uh, the final series, uh, or I guess not the final series, but one of the series is that is, uh, I would say is pretty much wrapped up, but the Mavericks have really shown that they are here to play. 
against the uh, Los Angeles Clippers. The Clippers took uh, a 2-1 lead, and the Mavericks made it 2-2. And in Game 5, the Clippers showed that uh, they want to win and that they want to advance and that their stars are here to play, um, and they won a convincing game against the Mavericks in Game 5. Uh, but what we've seen from this game is a lot of really poor uh, and surprising but kind of not surprising play from stars like Paul George, uh, notably. Yeah, so Paul George, uh, in, in the games before last, uh, he really, really struggled. He put up in Game 2, he put up 14. In Game 3, he put up 11. And in Game 4, he put up just 9 points. Um, so quite quite the struggle from Paul George. So he was in those three games. He was shooting sixteen percent from three, and twenty one percent from the field. So just could not really throw a penny into the ocean. <laughs> um, you know he he was really struggling, and he said that he said after the game that or after last game that he had really gotten in his head, and the bubble was getting to him or whatever. But you know we see we see slumps like this and it seems like he's gotten out of it so i don't i'm not putting too much on it yeah and even though he's you know had some bad games uh and he's kind of been historically uh easy to shake in the playoffs uh over his career but even though he's had some bad games i would say that he's not the main reason that the clippers have given up two games the main reason for that is on the other side of the series, and it's a man named Luka Doncic. Uh, he's gone absolutely insane in his playoff debut. Playoff debut, by the way. He's honestly, this is one of the best performances I've seen in the playoffs in my entire life. Uh, you know, since I started watching basketball till now. I've never seen a player do things like what Luka's doing in the playoffs. And it's just his first ever playoff series. I mean, I, it's insane. I mean, the dude looks like a veteran floor general out there. He gets everyone in the right places. He's averaging almost nine assists a game, super high um, assist percentage. One of the It puts him in the top 20 playoff assist percentage of all time, up there with guys like Chris Paul, John Stockton, you know, these floor generals these legends and he's doing it in his first ever playoff series he hit the game and winner against, he's also doing it against two of the highest touted defensive players in the league in paul george and Kawhi leonard and two really experienced playoff guys uh, like as well and he's giving them buckets like he, that yeah. game winner was incredible incredible like the but the way that he had been playing that night as soon as it went up you knew it was going in he hadn't missed Absolutely. all night i mean he it's one of the hottest streaks i've seen a player on and he's just so exciting to watch i don't want to see the mavericks get eliminated just because i want to keep seeing luca do you think that the mavericks really have a chance though no they're gonna lose but it, it's really impressive to me that they were able to get two games against the Clippers. I mean, I, I'm i pretty sure we both thought that the Clippers were, you know, going to easily handle Dallas and kind of yeah. get to the finals without kind of unscathed, honestly. Maybe the Lakers would get, will give them a challenge in the conference finals, but this series wasn't much of a challenge, or so we thought. But, you know, Luka is really clawed and 
fought to two wins and put the Mavericks team in a better position than they would have been in. Yeah, I think it's less so impressive on the Mavericks as a whole, and I think more so impressive on Luka. Like, he has put in the performances necessary to get them those two games. And, I, I mean, I think that he is the heart and soul. He is the blood running through the veins of that team. Like, he put his team on his back and won them two games against championship-caliber uh, team. Um, a lot of people uh, I've seen recently draw the comparison to Westbrook leading that like bummy uh, Oklahoma City team to the playoffs, but the reason that that's different is because Luca is like I cannot like state this enough. Like the guy makes extremely veteran plays. Like his basketball IQ for a twenty-year-old guard is incredible. It it seems like he has ten years of NBA experience. The way that he plays, he like he just knows where every one of his teammates are at every at any given point, and he can pass to shooters. He hits cutters, and like he can play make for himself, create his own shot. It's just he gets everyone else going along with his offense. Whereas with Russ, we would see, you know, everyone get out of my way and let me shoot 40 shots and maybe half of them go in. Right. Uh, Even though Lucas' team might be underwhelming on paper, he's perfectly willing to set up an open shooter, even if he is not the open shooter. You know, he knows that basketball is a team game, whereas it seems like when Russ gets in his zone or gets in his head, he that thought kind of just escapes him and he really wants to put his team on his shoulders. But I I don't see a comparison to that in any way. Like I think that Luca has really brought the best out of his team. Guys like Boban. I mean, Boban Marjanovic has been in the league for a long time. He's been a talking point, but never for really being like a, like a guy who's going to win a team a championship. But now he's playing out of his skin and he has an amazing relationship with Luca. And I think that really shows how, how much potential Luca has to bring a championship to whatever team he's on. Yeah, and to a casual NBA fan, like if you talk about like Luca being as good, in my opinion, better than Russell Westbrook, they will go crazy and irate and throw their shoes at you and stuff like that. But the fact of the matter is you're not watching basketball. Like it, Luka Doncic is clearly playing better than Russell Westbrook has in the last four seasons in the playoffs. I mean, yeah, numbers are impressive, and they can tell you some stuff about a player, but just, if you, like, you can just tell the difference in their play style. I mean, like, just the way that Russell plays with just aggression and throwing the ball up and just doing whatever he wants, as compared to someone who plays as silky and as smooth and just as fluid as Luca does, it's so much better to watch, and it's his game is just so much better, so much more versatile. That being said, I think in Game 5, the Clippers really showed what they are capable of at the top of their game. Uh, they put up, like I said, 154 points on the Mavericks, which is, I mean, 154 points is ridiculous. Like, 125 is a good game. 154 is ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it's just the to be honest, like 
the Clippers are a much better team than the Mavericks, and that's probably what should be happening if Luka wasn't willing his team to win. Um, if Paul George and Kawhi Leonard both play good games on any given night, I think that the Clippers win these games, and I think because of that, the Clippers are going to win this series. But nonetheless, Luka Doncic has been a really big highlight of the playoffs for me, and he's going to be a player that I you know, really want to see succeed. I just love him. I love the guy, and I think yeah, he has a ton of potential. Too. Yeah, and him and his Mavericks have made it pretty scary for the Clippers. Uh, and even if the Clippers win this series, uh, they're going to have to go off and face either the Nuggets or the Jazz, probably the Jazz, uh, in the next series, which should be a scary test to them especially with how donovan mitchell's been playing i don't think they want to go up against a team that has a guy as hot as donovan mitchell especially when they're coming off facing a guy as hot as luca yeah it'll be a tough series here and then moving on to a really defensive team like the jazz is going to be tough i think so it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out yeah uh we're really excited to see who comes out of these series uh the other series in the Western Conference is the Lakers and the Trailblazers. I think it's pretty much wrapped up. I think the Lakers have it. Uh, but, you know, Dame has surprised us in the past, so we'll see. Uh, it seems like the Lakers uh, will probably go through to play either the Rockets or the Thunder. Uh, I am going to go ahead and assume that the Rockets are probably going to win, but I really want to see the Thunder win. I think the Thunder are a great team, and I want to see them play the Lakers more than I want to see the Rockets play the Lakers. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think that the end of the Rockets Thunder series will be really interesting too. Yes. uh, The games are going to be really, uh, I think heated at this point. I mean, before it was kind of just the Rockets doing their thing and the Thunder kind of taking it as it is, but the Thunder fought back and we're going to continue to see them fight back. And I think that the next uh, two to possibly three games are going to be super interesting. With that being said, we're going to wrap this episode up. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, you can check us out on our website, uh, look up lazywomspodcast.com. And uh, you can also support us on Patreon and on Anchor and listen to the podcast on Spotify, uh, Apple, and pretty much anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Peace.